0: was in the shower and I was singing and I just started to sing um, you know what are the myths we will tell about our days here and was just singing what are the myths that we will tell about our days here and it, it actually just kind of came from me and, I, and I've been actually in, in deep study of, of these words and figuring out like whoa what what was that moment in my oracle <laughs> that brought this forward and what came when it came to and when I'm studying within that is like what are the stories that we're going to tell about this time this day and age that we're actually living right now and it's very abstract because oftentimes we'll tell stories you know like this one that you're talking about about if you're really good at what you do then you and you can keep going when you have balls or whatever like you know this is a story you know but also it's like there's so many other stories about the true experience of being really good at what you do and having to show up to it every single day and how challenging that can be, you know, and also like the stories of our womb and Mm -hmm. the story of of bleeding and what that feels like Mm -hmm. and what that brings up for you and the story of being a modern woman in this time where we're in the first century of really being able to rekindle our relationship to the sacred feminine, to the great mother what are the stories that we're going to tell, and how honest are we going to be about the stories that we're living?
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Psychical Living Podcast, a podcast that will inspire and empower you to live your full, psychical, soulful life. I am Sara Dusalara, founder of the Wild Rose Mystery School, a place dedicated to reawakening the wild, psychical ways of our Earth body and soul. Enjoy this episode, my love. Tarani Nicole is a womb priestess, sacred feminine educator, and vibrational medicine woman. She is passionate about teaching women the art of cultivating their sacred feminine essence. And she does this through her one-on-one womb work, private mentorships, and her Sacred Feminine Mystery School, where you learn about the Divine Feminine Rituals and open up your channel to be an oracular priestess of the Divine Mother. Welcome everybody to a new episode of the Cyclical Living Podcast, and today's guest is Tarani Nicole. Welcome Tarani. to this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, that's, that's a funny thing, actually. Whenever I'm introducing someone, I always don't know if I should leave a pause for them to say something or keep going. And then there's always that little awkward piece at the beginning. But that's kind of like a thing over all podcasts, I feel. Yeah. <laughs> so it's Definitely. It's cute. Um, Yeah, but welcome, welcome. Um, So yeah, we had your brief introduction at the beginning. um, And um, yeah, but maybe in just a few words, if you kind of want to segue into the beginning of this thing, if you want to speak a little words to the listeners right now, maybe some that know you, but maybe some that don't know you. um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, what would you want to say about yourself?
0: Mm, I would love to share that, I'm I'm just on the path of what it means to be a woman, you know, and in my own personal way, untangling the mess and the knots that I've inherited, rightfully so, from ancestors in this world that we live in. But so much of my work is just supporting women on that journey as well. But for all of us, you know, in our great big circle of womanhood of figuring out how to untangle that which no longer serves us so that we can find that golden thread of our truth of what it means to be a woman and um that's very much my path and my what I wake up in the morning and I'm just like so grateful for is the ability to to share you know my voice and the medicine that I carry which is so much about devotional womanhood and discovering what it means to be woman for us and not just as like a collective narrative but actually as us as individual women what that means for us is who we are as women, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: yeah, it's, it's beautiful and wild is the path of the feminine is and yeah. challenging and gorgeous. So full spectrum, but mm. my devotion.
1: Yeah. I love it. I love it. And I, I, I do feel that frequency very clear from you. Um, yeah. It's, it's so, so feminine. As soon as you just step into your field, it's like, coming coming into like the softness of the feminine but straight down deep right like that mm. depth and that softness that the feminine brings so yeah. <laughs> it oh, <yeah>. felt <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah
0: I, I i get that a lot and it's actually very rewarding to receive that feedback because that is my personal cultivation mm. you know i like most people I, I grew up really having to harden myself and shutting off different parts of my spirit and my body um, just mm-hmm. a function of this world. So as I, you know, began to walk this path of the sacred feminine, I've had to really cultivate my own depth and, you know, turn myself back online and um, so I love it when people give me that feedback. It's like, okay, cool, yes, I feel it. I feel it. Like it's working. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: I I hear that. Yeah, it does. It does require some um, bravery at least at first. And then once you're on the, the 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 tracks, you're just your train keeps going. But at the beginning, it really does require bravery to step. And especially, I feel as a woman who's discovering what it means to be a woman. Um, at least from for, from a European person speaking, um, there is freedom, but there is also ridicule still that is left. Um, so of course, like I, I don't, but I actually don't like to play the game of who is the biggest victim of the world because it's not serving anyone. Um, mm-hmm. So of course, everyone has their own experience and different parts of the world have their own experience and honoring that. Um, But in the west i do feel where you're you're also living you know in in texas and uh the us but there is a freedom and there is also still there's if you come into a party and you say oh yeah i'm a priestess i'm an oracular woman and (laughs) my day is just i wake up by channeling gaia the earth mother herself I mean, they, they won't lock you up into the loony bin as they did before. You know, loony also coming from lunar, the moon, which is definitely mm-hmm. also that feminine craziness that they would say. Um, mm. But yeah, there there is this... I think that is is a break for many women to even begin the path. And so how did you experience this? Or what would you say to a woman who is at that threshold of like, I want to, but I'm afraid, but I want to... But, but my neighbor will say... <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: I would say, do it for you. You know, it can be really easy to get stuck in this experience of what will other people think? Or what, what, what will my family think? Or what will that person at that party say? And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what they think, because you are doing your work as a woman, whatever your devotional work is, you know, for me, that is very much The path of the priestess, and like you said, you know, enhancing my ability to be an oracle and all of this work, like it's for me at the end of the day. It's for me, and it's so that I can feel more in touch with myself, so that I can feel more in touch with the earth, so that I can feel more in touch with the stars. And that is what feels the most nurturing and healing for my femininity and healing for my ancestors, and you know, the work that I'm doing for my future children. It's for us and it's for me. And so if, if you're finding yourself kind of in that loop of well, what would they think or like, I don't know, is like that, is it okay? Like, am, is somebody going to judge me? Just relinquish those attachments and decide what you need to do for you. Mm. And then as you do what's for you, people will just be like, okay, wow, her energy feels really good. You know, I don't really know all the details about what she's doing or what she means by priestess, but it feels good. And that's Mm -hmm. what matters at the end of the day is that you feel good in yourself because that is a beautiful offering to the world. You feeling good in yourself and the way you radiate, whatever the labels are or whatever. People won't care if they feel good in your presence, you know, and maybe Mm -hmm. they will and that's their own process, but we can't we are not in a time where we need to worry about what other people think anymore.
1: (laughs) That is so (laughs) true. That is so, so true. Zooming out a little bit is like, Oh no, that actually, no, no, that's not important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And so maybe to speak about that, because this podcast is called cyclical living and it's about living in the, in tune with the rhythms of the earth, but of course, as a woman also with the body um, and then, The menstrual cycle which is like the main rhythm of a feminine body um Mm -hmm. so in speaking of this is not a time to worry about what others think and you know we kind of hit that (laughs) roadblock out of the way so Mm -hmm. what is this a time for in your opinion as a woman on the path of feminine embodiment
0: Mm, this is a time for devotion And rekindling our devotion. And for every woman, that's going to be something different. And just as, you know, we are existing within cycles, within cycles, you know, whether that's the cycle of the earth and then the cycle of the moon and then the cycle of the stars and the cycles of our bodies and our communities. We are always going to be shifting what that devotion is, right? Mm -hmm. And so there might be different seasons where your devotion is towards something very specific and then there'll be a season when your devotion's in a a new area of your life and the more that we can understand the timing of our life and what's present for us the more we're actually in relationship with life you know it's like Mm. this time oh
1: wow (laughs) oh for those listening just a cute little doggo (laughs) (laughs)
0: little puppy just jumped on my lap that's okay um I actually forgot they were in here that's so funny but yeah I, I believe it is a time for devotion it's a time for devotional womanhood mm-hmm. and just as, much as that doesn't um it's not for anyone else but us but it also is for others it's for the future it's for our communities and so this is a time to be in that devotion for you and for yourself sourced and how you feel in yourself how you in your connection to the earth, how in touch you feel with the cycles, because we're in a time of re- rekindling mm. our relationship to the sacred. You know, I think for the, f- I think we're really just in the first century, yeah. you know, of being able to use our voice as women to talk about our experience, whether that is our emotional experience, or that's our spiritual, or psychic experience, we're really just in the beginning of being able to openly speak about this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so part of that openness is discovering what's really happening for us and how we're really feeling, you know, and, and as we deepen with that devotion of where am I today? Who am I for me? What is my devotion? those threads those ancient threads begin to reweave, and we begin to rekindle the sacred feminine mm-hmm. for us everyone around us you know
1: mm-hmm. so yeah I love that I love that and with this what what you say I just kind of want to emphasize of it's easy to then take that in the mind and be like oh yeah who am I for me okay oh yeah and then the mind uh it just goes on and continues but actually taking that taking that moment of like truly for me and then I, I'd imagine like for somebody who's for example let's take a mother of three children who has spent the last six years completely in devotion to her children I, that that question it's actually it's it's not something that is answered in just one go of like oh yeah that that's who I am for me all clear all gone <laughs> and I think that's also often what what um, with this Instagram world, sometimes is left out of the conversation. W- with there, it's often people who are embodied um, speak about this transformational journey of like from this I went to that, but not the steps in between. And then people who are outside of it be like, oh, I'm not good enough for it, and I I don't know who I am. And um, so, what would you say? Because I do feel like you're very open about your story, and I feel in. in at least from my perspective, is like you're very inviting and taking people in that transformational journey and showing them like, oh, it didn't happen in just one night. Um, so what would you say to somebody like that who's like, oh, I actually don't know where to start. I actually don't know who I am for me and how do I even figure that out? And um, how do I cultivate some patience for the process maybe? <laughs> some softness.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is so essential because like just in full transparency and like honesty, this is so hard for me. And I know that it's probably hard for you. And so many other people who are probably listening to this podcast of like the unfolding of the journey and becoming who we are and defining who we are. Mm -hmm. It's challenging. It's challenging because we have so many variables. Like we have the variable of the, on the social media, Mm -hmm. you know we have the variable of our families we have the variable of our our culture and our our towns and our cities we have the variables of like the global agenda and the news and just like there's so many variables that actually catching Mm. that essence of who you are for you it can be really challenging which is why I say it's a devotional practice Mm. because you have to come back to it time and time again and You know, I I don't have children right now, but I will one day. And I know that that's going to be a whole other unfoldment of like really challenging trying to hold on to my truth as I'm nurturing these beautiful babies. And it's a devotional practice, you know, and I think because of social media and the way that this work, like (laughs) quote unquote rolled eyes, you know, um, has been portrayed, especially in the last like three years. Um, there can be this expectation that we have to have it all figured out. Mm. No, not true. It's not true. (laughs) And it's so damaging for the feminine spirit. Like the Mm. actual feminine soul in her true nature, she doesn't need to know. She doesn't need to have it all figured out. Right. She just needs to feel. She Mm. just needs to feel. And as she feels, there's an emotional intelligence that exudes from within her that says, okay, I know who I am because I feel me. Mm -hmm. because I'm in touch with me you know she doesn't need to have it all figured out and so that's something that like I think in like our modern world has kind of colonized our minds Is like you should have it all figured out and if you're not doing it this way then you're not good enough or if you feel like this some days like that's bad or what you know just like all of these narratives that are they're just so damaging to the feminine spirit because it's actually just propaganda and marketing and it's not Mm -hmm. the true core of the feminine soul, which is just feeling and being in touch and being connected and being in, in the cycle and the seasons and, and truly listening, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so I would say like, it's, it's that devotional practice. And, you know, one day you might wake up feeling really connected to your own energy and your womb and your heart. And there might be a clarity in your mind or other days you might wake up tangled in a mess being like I don't know who I am I don't know what I'm doing and you know that's kind of part of the feminine path is it's it's Mm. like up and down because we are really really doing a lot of work in this generation I believe so Mm
1: -hmm. yeah it resonates a lot and um what what came as you were speaking about that devotional everyday practice sitting with yourself it kind of came to me of like if we're sitting at our altar that's something external but actually our altar begins within and that is something that i right now for me is very alive as i'm um living in two houses at once and then we just bought our house which we're we're gonna move into in a bit and and, right so so (laughs) on like it's it's amazing right it's abundance (laughs) but it's a lot to carry and so i i can't like take my altar with me as i travel Mm -hmm. But I keep doing that devotional daily devotional practice, and I intentionally don't take any of my stones or, or, or um, I don't know, any objects with me, because it's that's not where the true magic lies. Yes, it's beautiful and it's amazing, and of course, the feminine loves her lush environment. And I'm not saying go and live into like with nothing. Of course not. But also be both be okay with both right be okay with having nothing and knowing that you are the altar ultimately Mm -hmm. and and that to me is is that devotional work in its core um which i hear what you're saying right when when who am i actually we're just we're that we're we're the living expression of of our spirit right
0: yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i love that you know one, one of the things that i I said many years ago, and I feel like I'm just now, like, at the core of the teaching in my own practice and daily life is, like, the womb is the altar of our body, Mm -hmm. you know? And we can't, like, I've definitely been in seasons of my life um, where I tend to my physical altar, right? Yeah. And I'm in relationship with that, and it's beautiful, but then, like, there'll be times there have been times where like i haven't tended to the altar of my womb or the altar of my nervous system or you know so it's like we can come to that altar but that sometimes it can i think we need to tune inward to our body first yeah. you know as our body as the temple the body as the force for however you like to identify with the the sacred vessel that your mm-hmm. body is it's like tending to our vessel actually informs so much more of our experience and how we feel in our female bodies than tending to our physical altars or, you know, any anything in our physical reality. It's like it starts here in our vessels, mm-hmm. our feminine bodies.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. Yes, and, that, and I think from that point, you just flow it out. But that is true. And I think that's also a big part of the reclamation that we're doing right now in this generation is that before, from the Abrahamic religions, it was with the split between like the head the mind and that and then the the goal was ascending and even right now you know in some of the new age um groups it's all about ascending ascension and the higher self I actually don't like the term the higher self because again it's like that pyramid um of top down um and I feel this is also a big part of the feminine embodiment work which is embodiment work in in whole is to reclaim the holiness of the body and to descend and to know that to ascend is to descend and it's the same and that brings me to like the celtic roots as well as where in the celtic spirituality there's no there is no up down below it's kind of like have you ever seen a celtic knot Mm -hmm. there is no beginning or end point it's all just like weaving in each other and you don't know where the beginning or the end is and that's how they also envision life and the other world and the upper realm and the lower realm it's and the middle realm it's all just stacked and then that brings us also into quantum physics yeah. where it's kind of like the science is proving like oh yeah actually
0: <laughs> yeah and that's so funny because you know i i even caught this a few years ago where i was like oh like the sky is above and below yes. you know they it's like the earth is 360 degrees in all directions right yeah. and so that's kind of funny because then you know the the true center point is us you
1: yeah know? yeah yeah oh that's so beautiful it reminds me of one time I had this really beautiful um vision as well I was doing the tree of life channeling like um you know to, um Having your roots sending that de- down <laughs> to <laughs> the core of the earth, and then your branches up into well, I, I connect with the cosmic womb, with the void, um, and when you as you were saying, like all of a sudden, I found like actually the core of the earth is not this big round thing; it's actually the smallest and smallest of thing at the center of that three hundred and sixty degrees round sphere thing. Um, that was quite yeah that was, it's just like a sh- shift of perspective right and again like that I think that's also the reclaiming that we're doing where bigger is not better and it's mm-hmm. not more powerful and it's actually the the depth that we can bring into it and the connection and the, that relationship which is very much the feminine realm um, mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah like the feminine is deepening you yeah. know like I think there's and I I say this too so I'm not like <laughs> like in any way like acting like I know everything but you know it's like we we often say that the feminine is rising the feminine is rising and mm. she's actually really deepening right now you know I love
1: that I haven't yeah. heard that before I love that mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. but it's it's like these deep expressions also part of a, of, a term of phrase that's just like uh, but then the deeper levels do root and I think that's what we spoke about before we hit record with what kind of myths do we want to say? And it's the same, with what kind of expressions do we use? Just yesterday they were speaking about, um, a job and I don't know if it's an expression in English as well, but in Dutch there's an expression if you, if you're really hard and if you, um, not hard in, in the sense of like tough, but if you, if you know what you're at, and if you're good at your job and you can keep going, that means that you have balls. Oh, yeah, it's an expression in English, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't make sense at all. And yet it's it's widely used. And I feel that's the same mm-hmm. with the myths that we tell. Maybe you want to bring that part in as well, like mm-hmm. the stories that we tell and the invitation that we have today for mm-hmm. news stories.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Um. I was in the shower the other day. I'll kind of just tell the story, right? Yeah, yeah, I was in the shower the other day. And oftentimes when I'm in the shower, I like to sing or I'm very connected with the water and so Mm -hmm. I'm very blessed and fortunate to shower in the water of the earth. You know, we're on a well here on my land and every time I take a shower, I'm just really in that devotional practice of like receiving the water and understanding that it comes from the aquifer beneath my house, you know. Um, So anywho, I was in the shower and I was singing and I just started to sing, um, you know, what are the myths we will tell about our days here and was just singing what are the myths that we will tell about our days here and it, it actually just kind of came from me and I, and I've been actually in, in deep study of, of these words and figuring out like whoa what what was that moment in my oracle that brought this forward and what came what it came to and when I'm studying within that is like, what are the stories that we're going to tell about this time, this day and age that we're actually living right now? And it's very abstract because oftentimes we'll tell stories, you know, like this one that you're talking about, about if you're really good at what you do, then you, and you can keep going when you have balls or whatever, like, you know, this is a story, you know, but often, like, also it's like, there's so many other stories about the true experience of being really good at what you do and having to show up to it every single day and how challenging that can be, you know, and also like the stories of our womb and Mm -hmm. the story of, of bleeding and what that feels like Mm -hmm. and what that brings up for you. And the story of being a modern woman in this time where we're in the first century of really being able to rekindle our relationship to the sacred feminine, to the great mother, or the story of, being the generation that has this light box in our phones and who is always looking down at it you know it's like what are the stories that we're going to tell and how honest are we going to be about the stories that we're living mm. and then so that that was a kind of a something that i really was deepening with in my own my own experience of like what are the stories i'm going to tell my grandchildren you know am i going to tell them like oh it was so beautiful and easy and great and I did I worked really hard and it was but it was good and I had balls like you know like, <laughs> I mean no I'm, I'm going to be genuine I'm going to say it was hard mm. you know, and it was beautiful and this is what I did and this is what I lived and then then looking at mythos because I am I, I am a sacred woman and so story and myth is a very big part of my own intellectual spiritual stimulation mm-hmm. you know of, of learning through myths and the symbology in the myth and you know we can look at this like in the descent of anana and her story or yeah. you know the myth of there's so many myths we can go on, and on about all the myths but there's these myths and they have these symbolic elements in their stories that teach us very unique lessons that are unique to the listener and what we're experiencing through the myth.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I was thinking about how I, th- I think we need to update or I think we need to start to create our own myths, mm-hmm. you know, like start updating the, the I don't know, the, the records of the myths that we tell and what kind of myths could we tell in our about our modern world that can help us get through these really challenging times that we're in. Mm -hmm. Because it is challenging. Mm -hmm. Life is really crazy right now. Like I said, we have a lot of variables. And it's Mm -hmm. not just the variable of how we feel in our body. It's also the variable of the economy and the political agendas and the earth. And, you know, so what kind of myths can we tell about this complex reality that we live in that help us get through these hard times, you know, and these good times. But it's very much just uh, something I'm meditating on and uh, yeah. and in, on introspection and study with. But I hope that by sharing that, it also brings all of all of you and uh, who are listening into this introspection of like, what are the stories I'm telling and how honest am I being with them? And then how can I allow my inner muse or my inner artist play with this reality and start to create myths about these wild times that we're in, you know? Yeah.
1: Just fun. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I, I think that's, that is what, well, the priestesses would do, they would keep the stories and they would transform them into what was needed at the time where, um, you know, I was saying about the, the Celtic, you have the bards, you know, every druid begins. As the storyteller, as a bard, they begin to train the the stories because everything that we learn is through story. And even if we think we're we're just um, learning maths or so, still, you know, it's in essence there's always a story. That's how we learn. That's how we are designed. And then if we, when you spoke about Inanna, but actually when we're talking about um, Inanna and Ishtar, and, um, they transform throughout time. That's the rose lineage. That's that same myth that just transformed and adapted and kind of expanded and then imploded on itself to then be reborn again, which is basically what Inanna is all about. Yeah, um, exactly. Right. And so for these days, I love that, how actually I think because we've had that, um that that chasm where for so long we were not allowed to connect with those stories to connect with those stories that now we are allowed that we kind of want to hold them sacred in there behind the glass in the museum don't touch don't touch just look and you know whereas maybe we do would be of benefit if we would make them alive again because stories are alive they're never dormant and that is so beautiful so i love that and there is a movie that comes to mind it's my favorite movie i need to cry every time it's a children's movie it's called the song of the sea and it's about the selkie Do you know the selkie it's um a woman that has that transforms into an, um seal uh, but she has a seal skin, and when she takes that off, she, she's a woman, and then there's this fisherman, and he falls in love with her, but she needs to go back to the depths of the ocean, but the fisherman w- doesn't want to let her go, and so he steals her seal skin and takes it away from her, and then she, she gets sick or she dies, depending on which story that you, you read. And then ultimately, you know, she she needs to be returned with her seal skin and she goes back into the depths, into the underworld, because that's what women do. You know, that's these stories. And the Song of the Sea is a new modern animation movie that adapted that story into modern day times. And what I love so much about it is that they don't hide also the issues that we're facing today. So you have these two kids going into the woods, but the woods are full of trash. And I've never seen a kid's movie where they portray that as such and then they go into the city and it's just full of smog and the kids hate it and they're like, oh, we're not happy here, right? And so I think that is also what you were speaking about in action, right? You have these ancient stories, right? The Mm. Selkie, the Scottish, like these ancient stories, but then transformed into our current day issues and and stories motivate right they tell us what is possible
0: yeah, yeah yeah exactly and I'm gonna have to watch that movie now I'm like I actually was like getting emotional it's so yeah. funny but um, <laughs> it's so true and I think as women this is like the m- mythos and medicine it's like the myths are the medicine for the feminine in our in our way of really reclaiming who we are for the world mm-hmm. you know and, we tell our children stories, and it's like we, you know, and, and our ancestors sat around the fire and they told stories at night. And now we have movies and we have podcasts, and, and it's just like, <laughs> let's continue to uh, weave this thread. And I think it's so healing because these stories we see ourselves in them, you know. Mm-hmm. And so the story that you're talking about, the silky or the the story of Anana, it's like her descent and every, you know, I know that as she's descending, she has to like. Take off her garbs and her like sacred wear and get raw and naked and go into the underworld mm. and then as she rises she brings it back up and in these sacred stories we see ourselves in them. Yeah. You know, every time I come back to the story of Nana and the story of Venus, it's like I see myself in that, and it actually gives me the strength that I need to be a modern woman. Mm-hmm. To know, okay, I'm I'm in the underworld right now, or okay, I'm I'm starting to ascend. This is. I'm going to pick up this tool and this tool to help me. Or sometimes I just need to be raw and freaking naked. You know, it's like, there's so many myths and stories, whether we're looking at all cultures, you know, whether it's Celtic or uh, Native American stories, you know, I've been deepening with, um, you know, there's every culture has their own story, but Mm -hmm. it's such medicine for us because we can see ourselves in that. And I think in order for us to get plugged, like unplugged, from the degradation and the manipulation that have, has oppressed women all over the world, you know, in, in all different ways. It's like, we got to come back to our roots yep. and got to start living the ancient now, you know, by rekindling these stories, by coming back to our cyclical nature, by coming back to ceremony and ritual and our devotions as sacred women. Coming back to this is how we unplug from that system of oppression. Mm-hmm. It's how we down our phone and we get back in touch with life, you know, mm-hmm. how we learn who we are, it's through our devotions, it's through our practice, you know, and it looks different for all women, but it's just so important right now. I really feel that like,
1: yeah,
0: it's really, really important that we, that we start caring for ourselves in a deeper way.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed. And when you say it looks different for all women and then maybe that this could be a really beautiful invitation right now to ask What is the story that you love? Maybe as a child, if as an adult, you don't really love it, or even, you know, even Hollywood, what kind of Hollywood thing do you watch? Do you love? Because all Hollywood is based on these older myths. Everything Mm -hmm. is just recycled and renewed, and every it's just aspects of some older story. And so, trace back that what, like, the thread right where you spoke about the golden thread I call it mm-hmm. the red thread because you know as a woman yeah. we bleed <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so it fits but yeah 100% and a question that I do kind of want to ask because I feel it's like alive in the field is when you spoke about opening up to be an oracular woman and to actually invite these stories to be because to me an oracular woman or maybe let's start there What does an oracular woman
0: mean? (laughs) That's a good one. Um, You know, an oracular woman, it means that she's in touch with her own ability to commune with the sacred.
1: Mm.
0: So I believe an oracular woman is actually within all women. We just have to kind of release the blockages and the bound energy that, you know, condenses our channel. Mm -hmm. And as we begin to release these blockages, more of our oracular nature begins to open up, which is literally our our as simple as I can say, our ability to commune with the sacred. Yeah. And as we deepen that, it gets bigger and bigger. We get we can begin to activate our oracular gift to commune with the stars, to commune with the ancestors, to commune with the animals, to commune with the minerals and all of the different physical and non-physical things in this world. Mm -hmm. And I believe that that is in our bodies. It's an an innate intelligence in our body. It's in our spine. It's in our energy centers. It's in our wombs. And a lot of the work of the somatic work and like the physical work is actually alchemy Mm. that takes those blockages that we've inherited or gain from this life and it alchemizes them into nothingness. It dissolves them or transforms them. And then it allows our oracular body to open up. Mm-hmm. And I think this is really supportive for women to explore their, their oracular nature because it allows us to seek counsel, to seek counsel with the sacred, to go sit in the tree and commune with it, to get advice or to show love or, make offerings you know mm-hmm. it's like when we come to these devotional practices through our oracular body it actually allows us to be a relationship with life and so it's within all women and mm-hmm. sometimes we have to do some work to uncover it yeah and to know that we're safe to turn on these sacred gifts again mm-hmm. um but yeah i think all women are oracular in their nature and even when we're bleeding you know it's like i think most women can experience that when they're bleeding it's like they're on the edge and like the the psyche is so sensitive and we can daydream a lot and you know kind of go into these other worlds and I believe every cycle we have the opportunity to shed more and more of these layers and therefore open up more and more of our oracular gifts.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that's so beautiful and it resonates deeply and I, I am actually in the process of activating that and what I find is that I could be zoning out <laughs> like in the most random times. I'm like, ooh, oh, all right, okay, something is happening. I need to, okay, I'm just going to lay down the knife while I'm cooking and just let it process save <laughs> me. Yeah. yeah, but I think what you say about every woman has this ability, I completely agree with that and I've seen it. And it's also, it's obvious in the many stories of women, once they've activated that, that they have that they see like, hmm, I was actually always able to do that. But I just thought I was crazy. Or I was just, you know, mm-hmm. tracing back to that loony, right, being named a lunatic. That literally comes from that. I am positive that it developed because women had that ability. And some people didn't understand that. So they just said, like, oh, that's weird. But yeah. in these days, it's that that will weave us back into the web of life which i mean we're part of it we haven't exited it but in our minds we have mm-hmm. and so it's our mind that needs to be woven back and then that's where the myth is so important as well but um maybe can you speak to and that was the question that was in the field some practices that women could do if they want to um activate that it's happening again <laughs> it's like when they when, when they want to activate that channel And Mm -hmm. open up and you know, I I understand what you say when you go to a tree and speak to a tree. For me, especially plants, it's like super easy, effortlessly, but for people that have living been living shut off from that, it does require some practice and some time. And could you guide them into that if you Yeah. Yeah.
0: So what I would recommend um is coming to a devotional practice that begins with your body. Mm-hmm. As the oracular channel it's like i believe in in my own study and experience and training that it begins in the column of light that is our our spine you know our spine is we're so blessed to be a creature that is vertical you know right. so it's like by connecting with the physical body we begin to open these channels um I have a practice that I'm going to be releasing soon that's going to be free for everyone. It really taps them into this kind of space in their body. But essentially, it just begins with getting into the bowl of your pelvis and getting into your hips and feeling into where the bound energy is, where there's some tension and some crinkly energy and just moving around your hips to open them up, right? Right. And then you, you know, kind of flex your spine and open up your spine, roll your head and just kind of soft, like melt the tension so that you can soften. When we are softened in our body, the tension's released, our nervous system's regulated, our ego softens, and then we can really open up and commune. Mm. So once your body's open and you feel soft and you feel in touch with the spirit of things, I would recommend beginning with just writing. Writing is such a beautiful way because um, it's something that we do often. And so our subconscious mind and our conscious mind can kind of soften in that experience and just write. And it can begin with writing a story or it can begin with writing a question and seeing what comes forward. Or it can just be a practice of automatic writing and just opening the page once you've kind of softened your body and, and kind of come into her you know, opening a page and just literally letting that energy write through you, mm-hmm. you know, that would be a practice that I would invite all women to do, no matter if you sit with trees and you commune with them, or perhaps you've never done anything like that before, um, coming into the body and softening and then oracularly opening up with mm-hmm. writing and then looking at what you said. And oftentimes when I do that and I look at what I said, it's like, well, that was actually really profound, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> Yeah,
1: that was me, whoa. <laughs> yeah, or like you said, in the shower, right? And that when you're connecting with water, I mean, water is a great bridge, you know? So that's definitely, um, it reminds me of one of the, you shared a reel, oh, I, I loved it so much. It's like, you, you shared a reel, you were sitting in your garden and you were dipping a white rose into the water and just like blessing yourself with the water Mm. well that to me also is like these kind of practices that just opens up the channel and then leaves mm. in some beautiful rose magic yeah yes yeah, yeah, there's, but... so many... mm. yeah there's,
0: there's really infinite ways to, yeah. to to deepen and connect with the sacred feminine like mm-hmm. this is ancient wisdom and the more we tune into our inner oracle and the more we oracular open up the more we have access to that wisdom, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's actually like a cultivation. You know, it's like yeah, yeah. It's just, it just it just happens. It just pours forward. You know. Hmm.
1: Yeah, and you become a master at it ultimately, where you can just turn it on when you want it and turn it off when it's maybe not. You know, when you're driving your car, you could say not not <laughs> now, <laughs> not now. <laughs> right? Trying to be human. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But um and. Oh, wait there was something oh yeah that's that's that technology that is awakening again that's a that feminine technology that existed and when also before we had record we were speaking about um waking up some of the ancient wisdoms again and how some people fear that it's all lost um i was speaking about the Celts, you know the before the Roman invasion, they all the stuff was was um, oracular, that they would just share the things. And some people now think that it's all lost, but actually, no. If these are the kind of practices where we just go straight into, but what we uncover is just maybe not exactly the same, but that's because the times have shifted, right? And then um, that weaves also back into what we already said, where it's okay to change, and it's okay to trust that whatever you're receiving is actually what is needed right now yeah mm.
0: it's so true and like yeah. it, we're ready for it yeah we're ready for it Nature's ready for it the earth mother the cosmic mother every everybody is r- ripe and ready to receive you in this way mm-hmm. and so there's no right or wrong way to do it it's mm-hmm. just practice and showing up for it and it works <sighs> you know? It just works because we're ready. And that is sacred womanhood is, is knowing that you're doing this for you. And so there's no right or wrong way to do it. Just open your, yourself up, you know, and know what you're connecting with. Don't just like wander aimlessly into the spiritual world. Um, But go find some gold, go Mm. find some, go find some myths, go find some medicine and it'll serve you, you know?
1: Yeah, and ultimately it will serve us all. I believe that the reason why women are desiring this is because, like you say, the time is ripe and I believe that's the dream of Gaia. She's like flooding her humans with codes. Like
0: mm-hmm. She's <laughs> like, oh my time. God, she's, she's open. <laughs> all the codes to her. <laughs> yeah, but it's
1: nice and it's nice that it's being shared again with the public, right, and not just... Um, because that's also um, not to go into too much I actually don't go too much into that but this is the kind of stuff that was for a long time I don't believe that it was actually gone it was just being privatized as well but right now it's up into the public but that's where I feel like what you said is it's safe to do and it's safe to trust and your desire alone is enough and it's and often that's what I need what I say a lot to the people that I work with is that they're, they're sometimes so much busy with, oh, am I doing it right? Is it okay that we just need to remember like your heart is in the right place. You're doing it because you love the earth, because you love yourself, because you love humans, love plants. That's all that's needed. Everything else will just flow and fall and it's bright space and time, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I love it. You know, and it's, it's just, there's a something that's coming to me that I feel called to share is, you know, there's this woman, her name's Lila June, she's a Native American um, Navajo Diné woman, and she does really great work, like spiritual work, but also like political work, like she's amazing. And there's something that she spoke to, which was, you know, there, ki- there came a time when the ancestors knew that they needed, in order to preserve these myths and these teachings in these ancient ways, That they needed to bury them. It was Mm. no longer for them to be so alive and so on the surface, and so they needed to bury them. And when I heard her speak to this, uh, it it actually like, it just emotionally moved me and and felt very deep. And what I realized is like, I don't think the ancestors buried this knowledge necessarily in the earth. Like, yes, we can go and archaeologists are finding sacred temples and and things like this and sacred tools. And, and so, yeah, maybe so. But also, it's buried in our bodies. Mm. You know, like the womb, so much of my work is with the womb. And the womb is a record keeper. The womb mm. has the maternal lineages, the matriarchs, like information encoded into her. You know, right now I have my great granddaughter in my womb, you mm. know. So it's like the, this information, these sacred ways, like the lineage, it's passed down and it was buried in our bodies. And so as we deepen our relationship to our bodies, as we soften into our bodies and we allow more of this to come online and we open our oracular gifts, it comes back because it's safe now and we can start being the ones that bring it forward into the world. So that was just so deep when she shared that. And I felt called to share that here too, you know, um, that it's within us
1: Mm
0: -hmm. it's bound in there we just gotta you know nurture it so it can unfurl and open up and blossom
1: yeah I love that I really do and I love that you brought it in yourself because I was actually gonna say if you wanted to kind of channel something for us (laughs) to kind of like weave this uh (laughs) but yeah you just did it all by yourself you felt that (laughs) Yeah. yeah um yeah unless there's something else you really wanted to go in or maybe it's like a longer practice and it's not like right now and it's so fast because maybe that's also part of like the culture that we're living in it's like do it right now (laughs) and it's like whoa we need some time
0: (laughs) yeah yeah definitely I hear that and you know I think just what's alive and like what I've noticed through our conversation today and like what my feminine soul is feeling in touch with here is just do it know that it's okay to do it for you you know and and do it at your own pace don't you know as you're awakening your sacred, feminine and you're listening to life and deepening your capacity to be very sacredly in relationship with life do it for you do it at your own pace do what serves you what feels good for you And just leave the rest, you know? Um, Sometimes we can get so stuck in the experience of what other people are doing uh, or what we think is right or wrong, depending on a church or a religion that we were raised into. And just take all that noise and just set it to the side and figure out what what do I want? What would be fulfilling to my feminine soul? What would be nurturing for me? And as you do that, like it just begins to ripple and your family feels it. You know, your neighbors will feel it. The earth will feel it. And that is the awakening of the feminine consciousness. It it's it doesn't need to be spoken. Mm-hmm. It just needs to be felt. Yeah. And so as we're feeling it, the world feels it and we're unstoppable. So yeah, just that remembrance of like, do it for you and do what works for you. There's no need to copy somebody else's, you know, process or... Mm-hmm. anything just find what works for you and and deepen with that and the community will come and yeah I just feel like I wanted to share that recollection and kind of capstone of this conversation you know
1: mm-hmm. yeah but that is important as you say you know it's all from within and then it ripples out right mm-hmm. so I love I love that you've um that, that you spoke that in <laughs> mm-hmm. thank you yeah um okay so Maybe like the final question that I like to ask everybody um, that comes on is to paint a picture of what they would feel the world would look like if everybody was living in a cyclical way. But maybe for the sake of this conversation, it could also be if every woman was activated in her oracular power.
0: Mm. Every woman was a you know, in her oracular power, I think we would all live cyclically. <laughs> I, think <we> would, <laughs> I think we would feel safe to honor the seasons and to worship the earth and to go inward, you know, when, when we feel called to go inward. And I think, you know, we would be in person with our communities more and we would feel much more safe to live the soft lives that we crave as women. Um, you know, softness I think would be a, a big part that would be much more alive and much more um present in our daily lives and in our communities. Because with our oracular gifts with cyclical living, there's a softening that gets mm-hmm. to happen where we feel safe, where we feel like, oh actually like I can be soft and tender and it's okay. I don't need to be so hard and yeah um stuff. So I would say, yeah, that's that's kind of what I would in, what I would see and envision, you know, as more women are turned on in their oracular gifts, we're living sacredly. We're in touch with the stars and the earth and giving ourselves permission to hibernate when we need to hibernate and blossom when we're organically blossoming. And that yeah. is such a nurturing, soft, beautiful healing energy for the feminine soul.
1: Yeah yeah I love that I love that w- what you shared I can see just every woman living in her own timeline I right? from the inside out
0: yes uh-huh. uh, the power <laughs> yeah the
1: soft deep, beautiful feminine power amazing yeah. yeah. All right. So um, thank you so much for this conversation. And I know that you actually have a membership going on, which actually uh, helps women to connect in with that oracular ability. Maybe you want to speak a little bit about that
0: and invite women who are like, Oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, yes. Yeah, so I have a, a membership. It's called the vessel and it operates as a mystery school. And so what we're doing in the vessel is really um, coming to the devotion of studying with myths and mythos of the sacred feminine and discovering um, our vessel and her capacity to be oracles and to practice ritual and ceremony that nurtures her. And it's really gorgeous because the way that it's working is it actually meets our life. You know, it's, we're not just looking at it can be really easy to like do spiritual work and it's like all like out in the unseen realms, but I'm actually really devoted to allowing like our spiritual practices to be at the forefront of our lives, um, mainly for the sake of reclaiming our womanhood and mm-hmm. feeling empowered through our womanhood and feeling, you know, in our purpose as women. And so how can we you know, use this cultivation of our practices and our rituals and our ceremonies and our connection to our own feminine soul as a way to empower our lives and the way that we're connecting with our community, the way we're embodying our pleasure, the way that we're in our power, you know, in any area of our life. Um, So yeah, it's, it's really beautiful. It's very special and it is a devotion of mine, you know, so I'm showing up for it consistently and it's really the only place that I'm teaching online right now is um, within the vessel, and it's really, really, really beautiful. Like the mm-hmm. sisterhood that we're cultivating, and the spaciousness that's offered for us to soften into these uh, very deep teachings. Um, so I'm really grateful to be serving there, and it just feels nurturing for me to have uh, a space where I can come and teach that feels tangible. Um, mm-hmm. And safe and contained. and also like, I'm not trying to teach you me, I don't know, I'm not trying to teach you like my beliefs or anything like that. Like I want you to it's actually a process of you discovering yourself and you discovering yeah. what's true for you. And there's like this great sovereignty element. Uh, so that's a cool part. but I could go on and on about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's the vessel and yeah. it's gorgeous. beautiful.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does sound very beautiful. And I think especially of how how I received you up on this whole conversation is like, it is like such an activation, or it sounds like such an activation to Mm -hmm. be more in in your power and not so much like a copy, but really Mm -hmm. awaken women to stand in their power, right? The ripple effect.
0: Yeah, definitely. And knowing that 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 power really begins in sacred womanhood, like, it be- the power begins in the sacred womanhood when you choose to own the fact that you are a sacred woman yeah you know and the way that that is like just like gives you this extra strength that you need to move throughout your yes. day with grace and ease and and beauty you know right and especially in the moments where you're not in grace and ease
1: but that too mm-hmm. is sacred that's yeah. also part of womanhood, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah,
0: definitely. And I actually love to. I relate to grace as the experience of like, um, like God moving through you and moving through life, yes. and that is not always easy. No, it's not. Oftentimes, there's a level of like intensity and like aliveness, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And also in the feminine. Well, I mean, we're we're at the end. Um, that's funny. Always at the end, there's like this other topic that comes up that could get us into a whole other hour, but we're not going to do it. Cause I, I, I kind of want to keep this into an hour. That's kind of like a good uh, slice to, to receive, I find. Um, but very beautiful. And Hey, if anyone wants more, you know where to find us, right?
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. Sending you much love
1: and everyone who listened. Thank you so much blessings I want to thank you for listening to this episode my love if you feel inspired to work with me on a deeper level then I invite you to check out my offers on my website wildrosemysteryschool.com or through Instagram where you can find me as Sarah.
0: and for now sending you much love and cyclical bliss bye bye